Thank you, Greg. Uh, happy to be here and talk about the latest um, EV startups. I'm excited about all the things that are coming down the line in the auto industry next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of EV startups, especially if you count, you know, guys that are trying to get into fleet focus markets and things like that. But today we're just going to focus on the passenger car startups that are coming. Um, the three big ones are VinFast, Lucid, and Rivian. Um, we'll start with VinFast. Uh, they're the ones that I've been talking to most recently a lot about. Um, so VinFast plans to launch two models in Canada in 2022. Um, they're going to be coming later this year, I think Q4. So one of them is called the VF8. It's a mid-size EV crossover. And then there's another one called the VF9, which is a three-row EV crossover as well. Um, and then eventually VinFast will offer two smaller EV models here, likely sometime later next year, called the VF6 and the VF7. So with four models planned and a lot of people not even hearing about this company, clearly their goals are quite lofty. Um, and... Next up, there's Lucid. Um, they only have one product, uh, the Air Sedan, which is targeting Mercedes-Benz and BMW. And, BMW. Um, and deliveries of that car are expected to come in shortly. They've already began in the States, but they haven't really provided a solid delivery date for here. And so far, the Air is the only car that Lucid has. Uh, the third one, obviously, is Rivian. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that are listening to the Automotive News podcast will know a, a lot about Rivian, which is coming to market with an R1T pickup, which is not quite as big as something like an F-150, um, but also not quite as small as something like a Ranger. And then uh, the R1S is, again, a similar product. They share a platform um, similar in size to a Tahoe, but maybe not quite as big. Um, and these vehicles are targeted at, at a more outdoorsy and adventurous consumer, let's say. Um, and these deliveries are expected to commence in July 2022 for the R1T. Um, so, yeah. And then there's one more um, that I wrote an article about for our website um, last year called Imperium. And Imperium is a little bit different. I wouldn't describe them as a manufacturer. They're more of an importer. And their plan is to import electric vehicles from China, ones that are already being manufactured by other companies and sold locally in China, bring them here and sell them for a slight markup. Uh, so Imperium is... A bit different than the other three in that they don't plan to actually make the cars. Uh, so, so far, they've outlined one passenger car that they're planning to sell here called the SEV, which is a compact crossover. For sure. Yeah, it definitely seems as though these companies have sort of looked at the market and said, you know, where is our entry point? Where can we kind of offer something that no one else is offering? Um, so Imperium, uh, the guy in charge of Imperium Canada, his name is Christian Dubois. Um, he, the reason that they selected the uh, the SEV, which is based on a Chinese car called the Skywell ET5, the reason that they picked that is because it is a uh, compact electric crossover, which apart from the model why, um, which is a bit pricey, there isn't too many options for a compact electric crossover here in Canada. There's the Bolt TV, but that's a subcompact, a little smaller. This one would be more appropriate for a family. So he's hoping to, you know, make a name for the brand by offering something that hasn't been offered here yet.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think like most other automakers, these companies, they tend to view Canada as a bit of an extension of the U.S. market. I think obviously we have uh, maybe a bit more progressive buyer here who might be more um, open and accepting to the idea of having an eco-friendly vehicle as your daily driver, let's say. Um, so I think that part definitely kind of plays a bit of a factor. But also, especially in PC and Quebec, um, EV sales here are decent, you know. Um, EVs accounted for roughly 13% of new vehicle registrations in Quebec in the third quarter of last year, uh, which is pretty good. You know, that's when the EV market is still in its infancy, that can be a decent amount of sales and a, a, a good area for you to operate in. Um, I think also, especially for a company like VinFast, a market like Canada, might they might view it as an, kind of a backdoor into the U.S. While they are launching in the U.S. first, I think they can learn more about the North American market and how to operate here by also operating in Canada without, you know, jumping through as many hoops or facing as many hurdles. Yes, for sure, I would say. Um, in So for for Imperium, they plan to launch their first, or they've already opened their first dealership in Quebec, sorry, um, and then they're going to place an emphasis on BC going forward. Um, Lucid, they opened their first uh, showroom in Vancouver last year. Um, and then Infast wants to place an emphasis on Quebec and BC, but uh, they also see Ontario as a good market to operate in, obviously, just due to the population. But um, from what I've seen, these companies, they realize that BC and Quebec are the places to operate in. They have the most generous provincial incentives. So it just makes the most sense for them to focus on those markets first. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think obviously, uh, in speaking to representatives from these companies, they wouldn't share too much about what they're scared about. Um, but I think they definitely, the fact that they're focusing on going into Quebec and BC first is indicative of them having apprehensions. Clearly, they see um, EVs as still being somewhat in their infancy here in Kick Canada, and they want to ensure that the minimal amount of product that they do have or that they might be able to sell is going to a place where they know that the consumer is there. So I think they definitely have some apprehensions about, you know, strong overhead or, uh, sorry, high overhead on these EVs, and then maybe the demand not being completely established yet, especially without um, federal incentives. Uh, that said, though, I think at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, we have uh, a pretty progressive and well-educated eco-friendly consumers here. And I think that that's why you do still see them wanting to enter this market, even though it might not be too popular outside of Quebec and BC to purchase an EV yet.
Uh, yes, I would say in in speaking to Imperium, they definitely wish that the same amount of in- incentives that are available, particularly in Quebec, were available um, in Ontario. And that's why they did. They are opening their first dealership in Quebec because I think a lot of them, you know, obviously Ontario were very metropolitan. Uh, more people are living closer together here than, let's say, in other parts uh, in more rural parts of Canada. So this is, you know, a great market to have an EV in and to drive an EV in, especially where I am right now in the Greater Toronto area. Um, so, you know, I would say that Finfast and Imperium, um, they for sure mentioned Ontario as being important mar- markets to, to them, and I'd say they definitely want to work on. Um, speaking to the right people to ensure that maybe they can change the uh, the, the provincial incentive uh, situation here going forward. Yeah, the direct-to-consumer sales model seems to be the way to go for these guys. Rivian, Vinfast, Lucid, all of them um, are have outlined plans to operate on a direct-to-consumer sales model here in Canada. So for Lucid, they've opened one showroom, kind of like a, a storefront, similar to what our listeners may have seen in um, a shopping mall or something for Tesla. Uh, and then the same is true for Vinfast and Rivian. Um, so... I think in doing this, they 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 know that let's say uh, younger or more um, technologically savvy consumer might not want to go through the hurdles of talking to a dealership or negotiating the sale. They do like the idea of let's say when they buy or if you went to go to buy a Tesla, you go online, you kind of put it in your cart and click buy just like you were on Amazon. And I think that Lucid, Pinfast, and Rivian, they know that they're their buyer would have the same mindset as the Tesla customers that are doing that. And they see that as very important. Uh, Imperium is the different one, just like with regard to it's like how it's not um, building vehicles themselves. They're also not doing a direct to consumer sales model. Uh, They've partnered with uh, the same dealer group that opens to Nissan or that operates two Nissan dealerships in Quebec. And uh, they're opening their first dealership in Quebec. And it's a traditional dealer, um, just as if you were going to buy a Nissan. So I think that the direct-to-consumer sales model is for sure the more popular one, but it doesn't mean you have to sell EVs like that, and it doesn't mean that if you're a startup, you're automatically going to go and do that route. Um. Well, it's not surprising. I do find it very interesting to see so much money being poured into selling electric vehicles in Canada. Um, these companies have obviously seen the immense success that that Tesla's had here and around the world, and they want to replicate it. Um, but I do find it surprising because you know Tesla's journey has obviously been extremely difficult to get to the point where they are now, and you know they're not quite out of the woods yet. They still face a lot of issues with regard to the reliability of their products or the safety of their products, as we've seen uh, in headlines recently. So I think that it's surprising to see so many players taking so many risks to sell electric vehicles here. Um, That said, I think that Rivian is being really smart. I think they found a good niche with their outdoorsy vehicles. Um, I think that that appeals to the Canadian consumer in particular. 
Whereas VinFast and Lucid, it's harder for them to set themselves apart from rivals like Tesla or VW or GM because they'll be offering similar kind of passenger car, normal everyday products. So uh, it's surprising to see so many people um, wanting to spend so much capital to sell electric vehicles here. But obviously, I'm not complaining. I think it's great for the consumer. <laughs> That's right. So they haven't outlined the details of this for the Canadian market yet, but in the U.S. and as well as in its home market of Vietnam, VinFast uh, sells the vehicle and then leases the battery. So this means that the consumer would purchase or lease the entire vehicle minus the battery and then pay a monthly battery rental fee. So this has upsides in that it would reduce the purchase price of the vehicle. Um, and the owner would not really have to worry too much about the battery's condition as it would be replaced free of charge if the range dipped below what I believe is 70% of its original capacity. So, you know, this sort of sidesteps the criticism that you might hear about EVs with, well, the battery only lasts, let's say, 10 years, just to ballpark a number, and then that'll cost $20,000, again, a ballpark to replace. Um, so I think that VinFast is hoping to alleviate some of that anxiety that the consumer might face at the dealership by saying, hey, this is actually, this battery belongs to us. Um, now, obviously, there are some downsides too. For starters, the monthly range would be limited. So you could pay more to allow um, or to enable a larger kilometer allowance for the month. Uh, I believe in its home market of Vietnam, it's around $30 Canadian um, to $80 Canadian. And the $30 on the low end, you get 500 kilometers. And on the high end, you get around 1,400. Uh, so that, I think, would maybe turn off some consumers. They don't really want to be monitoring their kilometer usage. They just want to drive. Um, another downside is if consumers will really react positively to having to pay two separate monthly payments related to their vehicle. So you would pay, let's say, your monthly um, lease payment and then also your battery lease payment. Um, so that could be, I, I guess, seen as inconvenient or maybe just not very appealing to the consumer. Um and then there's one more interesting point with regard to the battery leasing. Um, I know that VinFast had told me they were speaking to representatives from the federal government to perhaps see if the price of their vehicle could be recognized as the sale price without the battery for the purposes of the federal incentive. So let's say the federal incentive, or we know that the the, the federal incentive is limited to $45,000 for certain vehicle types. Um, so what VinFast is hoping to doing or is hoping to do is um, price their vehicle at under it, not including the battery. And then because a battery is so expensive, with the battery, the actual purchase price of the vehicle would be over that amount. Um, so this would allow them to qualify for a federal or a provincial incentive while also having you know a pricier vehicle. Um, which is an interesting strategy. I'm not sure if they're going to be allowed to do it. <laughs> they haven't offered too much more information on the battery leasing program. Yes, exactly. It's an interesting idea. I do believe that is kind of why they haven't shared too much information on the battery leasing program for Canada yet. 
Um, they also, I tried to kind of pick their brain about it a bit more, uh, and they didn't want, really want to talk too much about it. So I do think it's very much in the work. I think they're figuring it out. And I think it's interesting because for VinFast, as I said earlier, it might be hard for, because they're selling electric crossovers, it might be hard for them to set themselves apart from a VW or a GM once they begin to get more electric products to market. So I think that this could maybe be a good way for them to set themselves apart, maybe undercut the competition in price a little bit. But um, it really does remain to be seen if they'll be able to execute this in Canada. <laughs> Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, hopefully I'll be uh, back on the show soon to talk more about electric vehicle startups because they move fast. So who knows when more news can come out. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We reached Sam at his home office in the GTA. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at greg.layson at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.